The Truth News Network. Budweiser sends in the Clydesdales to calm the noise over Bud Light. Well, at least it's the whole horse. You're listening to TNN, the Truth News Network. And here to have a beer over the truth is Dan Newman. Hey, did you catch the meaning, the quiet, calm meaning of what Feedmoss said there about it? At least it's the whole horse instead of being just the, um, uh, you know, the rear end of the horse. <laughs> you got to laugh at it, folks. We're living in a time where we need some humor. <laughs> We've got to find it because we're not seeing it anywhere else. I know all the government stuff, it is kind of silly, but that's far from being funny. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to TNN Live, our special Tuesday edition. Yes, Steve Baker joins us at the top of the hour, the second hour, and he's got some really good things to say, some input. He's in Washington, D.C. this week, and we all know what that means. It means we're going to get some extra special good stuff from investigative journalist Steve Baker, our second hour. But between now and then, oh my goodness, we're not just going to mess around. We are going to do deep dives into the truths. And to get to the truths, you've got to dig up the untruth, you know, the nasty stuff, and just kind of turn it around and tell you, look, this is what they say, but this is really what they're doing. This is what they tell us, but this is what they're not telling us. That's what we're going to do today, and I want to thank you as always for joining us once again on Tuesday morning. I'm sitting here in a condo in St. Simons Island in Georgia, looking out across a very calm beach and Atlantic Ocean, which gets kind of stormy in the evenings. Now, that's different for me. Our family vacation throughout many years, decades, a couple of decades, has always taken us to the Redneck Riviera northwest Florida and Destin, Florida. And then, of course, just a little bit west of there, sometimes Gulf Shores, Alabama, which has the same bleached white sand and crystal clear blue water. little different on the Atlantic Ocean, but it's good to see the ocean and to share the peace and the calm with the family. Uh, we spent much time yesterday after the show down on the beach, walking the beach, talking to people, just getting the feel of a summer vacation. And I hope you're able to do that if you haven't already. Listen, let me give you a little piece of advice. My family, the kids call me Poppy, uh, our grandchildren, have six grandchildren. And we have a couple of grandsons that are already out of college, and they still call me Poppy. You need to, if you're a Poppy or Nani or a mom or a dad, you need to set aside at least a few days, if not a week or two. Depends on your life circumstances, but never go without setting some time aside to spend quality time outside of your normal circumstances. And when I'm saying normal, I'm talking about the helter-skelter of everyday life. As tough as it is for you, as tough as it is for your spouse, it's also that tough, if not tougher, for our children today. And they need mom and dad one-on-one time away from those everyday circumstances. 
Make it a time of peace. Make it a time of just relaxing and just enjoying each other without all of the uh, interruptions and the diversions that we live with in our lives. You can do that, and you need to do that. And maybe you need to begin it by doing what we're going to do right now with a little Andre Crouch song. Andre, one of my good friends from years ago, he passed away about five years ago. Great artist, great Christian songwriter, a great human being. I've known him personally for the last, gosh, 40 years, maybe even close to 50 years before he passed away. Won a bunch of Grammys. You saw him on all kinds of national shows. But he wrote this one special song that I think fits really well into what you and I are beginning today, and every day for that matter. Listen. Okay, it's another morning. Everybody wake up. God has given us another day all over the world. Come on. Brand new day.
circumstances say if you're listening this morning, you're breathing. You got another day. And if you can't be thankful for anything but that, be thankful for that. Find every day, find a reason to be thankful. I'm thankful today because I woke up this morning. I'm thankful because I have a great family. I'm thankful because the health of all those in our family, our extended family, is pretty darn good right now. And if you stop right there, just look at those things I just said I'm thankful for. If you can only be thankful for those things, or even part of those things, find things to be thankful for instead of concentrating on the bad circumstances that you find yourself in. I mean, we can all relate to that. It's very seldom. I don't know anybody, as a matter of fact, that every little thing is going good in their lives. There's always something, some kind of uncontrollable circumstance, some bomb that drops in a, in a family. It happens all the time. And yet, we just got to find a way to truck on through it. I never want to diminish any of the bad stuff. Bad stuff is real. It happens to all of us. But what we must do is find a way to live through it and just make the best. Concentrate not so much thinking about and fretting over things that you, you don't have any control over. I've said this before on this show. I'll say it again. I had a Sunday school teacher my senior year in high school. It was a boys' Sunday school class. All of us were freshmen uh, all the way up through seniors in high school. And you know, when you're that age, all kind of crud comes your way every day. And that was in my generation. I can only imagine what it's like now to be somebody in high school. So many more inputs, so many things to divert our attention. These kids today, I don't know how they deal with it because it was tough enough when I was a senior in high school in 1970. Oh my gosh. That's a long time ago, folks. But I remember this Sunday school teacher made a statement that today, 50 years later, I still remember when you are tempted to worry about something, fret, and just obsess about something going on that's not good. Ask yourself this question and then answer it. What difference is this going to make in 100 years from now? As bad as circumstances are, they're not permanent. And you know where I'm going with this. Concentrate on the things in your life that will be eternal. And that means this life, but just at the end of this, what are you going to do when uh, you take your last breath? How are you going to handle what's on the other side of that? I believe, I believe in God. I believe in the Word of God. I believe in the Bible. I believe in righteousness. I believe in heaven. And I believe that we don't earn a way to go to heaven after we leave this world. We don't earn it. It's already been earned for us, and that's through a relationship with Jesus Christ. I believe he was the son of God and still is. Eternally, he's in heaven now, and I believe he came to earth, and he was crucified, and as he hung on the cross, he hung on the cross for our sins, and if we open that relationship with him and ask him for forgiveness, we're going to join him someday. And you know what? Some people will say, do you really believe that? And whenever I'm asked, I 
always smile and say, I know it. I don't just believe it. And don't get on this. You're ridiculous. You can't believe that. There's no way to substantiate those feelings. Well, let me ask you this. Right now, look around you. Are you sitting in a building, a room, a house, an office, and where you're sitting, there are four walls around you? You're not worried at all about those walls falling on you? Why not? Well, you'll tell me because, you know, there there are uh, studs in the wall and there's sheetrock nailed to the studs and then uh, there's a roof that's overhead, so it's all put together. You know how you know that? Because you choose to believe that all of those physical scientific things that make building that office, that home, and putting those walls up and putting a ceiling on top of it and a roof and that that's all going to be held together, you choose to believe that. You don't know that. It's the same way with the relationship with God. I can't physically see it, but in my heart, in my mind, and in my life, I see my relationship with God that is doing good things for me. And I married a godly woman who feels the exact same way. And we have three children that were raised in a home, and they feel the exact same way. And then we have six grandchildren, and they're being raised in homes. And they believe the same thing. You know what? If there's nothing else in all of that but just the knowledge and the peace that comes with believing in God and all he has for us, it's been worth it for me, and it'll be worth it until the end of my days on earth. It's a whole lot easier to live that way, believing those things, than it is to wake up every day and have no clue of what you're going to do and how you're going to do it. I chose a few times in my life to go that way, down that road, and it's not a good road to go down. So if you're not, if you're not sharing those sentiments with me, I just ask you to think about them. Think about them. And find somebody locally where you live. I don't care if you... Uh, there, are, there are people listening in today from other countries. Wherever you are, there is somebody in town that knows, that knows how to talk to you and to share with you the way to get that peace that I have. And I, I want you to find those people. And if you can't, drop me a text. Better yet, drop me an email. Dan at truthnewsnet.org. Dan at truthnewsnet.org. And when you do so, tell me where you are, what continent, what country, what city. And I'll find somebody in your city that you can talk to that can help you out at least feel better about things. There are a lot of people around you today, around me today, that they need some peace. They need some hope because they are torn apart with chaos in their lives. And many of those folks work in Washington, D.C., and they do so for you and I. They're part of this government. Now, before we get into the dirty stuff, the things that you need to know about so you can make some decisions, before we go down that road, let me just say this. I challenge you. I, when I'm in at home in Shreveport, I, I'm a part of a, a Monday through Friday morning, early morning prayer group. In fact, it streams on Facebook 
live Shreveport Community Church for 30 minutes from 6 to 6.30 Central Time. Pastor Bruce and I, we do a 30-minute leading folks in prayer. I encourage you to start thinking about your personal relationship with God. And part of that, if you believe the Bible, which I do, is we're instructed to pray for all of those in leadership over us, whether we disagree with their politics or we're like-minded. Doesn't matter. Pray for their health, pray for their safety, and pray that they will be guided by the righteous things that the Constitution to which they swore an oath and the Bible lead us all, instruct us how to do things in the United States of America and anywhere else. So I encourage you, pray for President Biden. You may disagree with him. I do on a number of fronts. And if you're a regular here, you know that. We talk about him, but we don't talk about him to make fun of him or to denigrate him personally. And so I pray for him every day. I already have this morning. And pray for him to be guided by the righteousness of God and to do the right things. And for the Holy Spirit to lead him into thinking what those right things are, discern those things, and differentiate those things from the bad choices that he could consider making on everything. And not just his governing, but on his family and his extended family. I mean, he's a man. He's an 80-year-old grandfather, and that means he's got a lot of people in his life that he needs to be leading and leading the right way. No different from me or you. So I want to throw all that out there, and now we'll go downhill. (laughs) No, we're not going downhill. Going downhill to tell the truth is okay. Find facts, that's okay. And again, if you just logged in, our second hour will have Steve Baker at the top of the hour. And we're going to be talking about the applicable, appropriate things Not to make fun or denigrate anybody, but just to make sure you understand and know there are a lot of things going on that you need to make yourself aware of so that you can make some good choices. And we've been talking for a long time now. And as a matter of fact, when Steve and I get together, we're going to talk about impeachment. We're not necessarily going to be talking just about impeachment of the President of the United States, but somebody that is is in the Biden administration that has every day now seemed to more and more put himself out there in the bullseye called impeachment possibilities. And that's the Attorney General Merrick Garland. And among folks in the House and among folks in the House Judiciary Committee, there's a lot of growing angst about this Attorney General. IRS whistleblowers told Congress last week, and you heard some of the testimony here on TNN Live, said that the Department of Justice twice prevented U.S. Attorney David Weiss from bringing strong charges in two separate locations against Hunter Biden, the president's son. In addition, these whistleblowers allege that Garland rejected a request to appoint a special counsel in the probe to place a degree of separation between the DOJ and President Biden. And remember this, Garland has said over and over again in front of Congress, as a matter of fact, that any federal prosecutor has the unfettered right after investigating anybody about anything. 
he, that prosecutor, can bring a case, if the evidence warrants, in any venue that that prosecutor chooses. It's not necessarily that way we are finding out. IRS whistleblower Gary Shapley, he claims his allegations can be corroborated by several different people who have firsthand knowledge of Shapley's account of his communication with federal attorney Weiss. Quote, it's up to him and the Justice Department to reconcile the evidence, Shapley said through his attorney. Now, Garland denies the DOJ politically interfered in the investigation in any way, in any venue, of the president's son, Hunter. Garland says Weiss, that federal attorney, prosecutor, had full authority to charge Hunter Biden, even though Garland admitted to Congress in March he was the authority to authorize any potential charges against Hunter Biden, including in a separate jurisdiction. Now, that was back in March. The conflicting stories caused House Speaker Kevin McCarthy on Sunday to threaten impeachment proceedings against Merrick Garland if the whistleblower allegations are found to be true. If they are, let's just be honest. If they are proven to be true, Attorney General Merrick Garland lied. There's no other way to put it. Several Republican House Judiciary Committee members said they support McCarthy considering an impeachment inquiry. Impeachment proceedings for anybody in the federal government must originate from the House Judiciary Committee before it goes to a full House vote. It's not an empty threat, which many have said heretofore it was, but it's not now, according to Senior Committee Chairman Daryl Issa, Republican from California. Congress can't just look away from the culture of corruption that's there for all to see. And the possibility of impeachment has to be on the table. From the beginning, A.G. Garland, if you remember, he was a, uh, a nominee during the Obama administration to serve on an empty spot in the U.S. Supreme Court. His nomination was never taken up by the Senate, so Garland never got a shot at that seat on the Supreme Court. And I guess in the aftermath of that, Joe Biden promised him, I'm going to make you attorney general. And he did. This is not an empty threat to impeach Merrick Garland, according to Daryl Issa. From the start, A.G. Garland has allowed partisan politics to hold sway in the Justice Department, including the unprecedented targeting of parents. Whistleblower allegations, and this is ISA talking, related to the Hunter and Joe Biden investigation, make it abundantly clear a two-tiered system of justice exists today. And that's echoed by Wyoming Representative Harriet Hageman. She said, I fully support Speaker McCarthy on this issue and welcome the opportunity to question Mr. Garland in Judiciary Committee hearings. The DOJ and the entirety of the federal government got to be fair, got to be impartial, an agency that enforces federal law. We say that every day. But under our current leadership, it's a political weapon that's used to punish any opponent of President Biden. And think about that. What other reason, what other purpose would there be to defend 
any of the actions of this president that are obviously illegal. Representative Andy Biggs, Republican from Arizona, and Rep. Troy Nels, the Republican from Texas, also issued statements in support of impeachment proceedings against Garland. Congressman Nels absolutely supports McCarthy's position that Garland should be impeached. Biggs is on board. That's according to communications director Matthew Tragesser. In a clip shared with Breitbart from Representative Chip Roy's Texas communications director Nat Maiden, the Texas congressman also supported potential impeachment proceedings if these allegations prove true. That certainly raises questions of impeachability. And there is no question about that particular thing. That's from Representative Roy. That's what inquiries are for. We've got an obligation on the Judiciary Committee to pursue it wherever it goes. McCarthy appeared on Monday on Fox and Friends yesterday morning, doubled down on his vow of imminent impeachment against Garland if the whistleblower allegations are true. Yesterday, I laid out very clearly by July 6th because of the allegations of the IRS, because of the whistleblowers and Garland, what he is saying and what Weiss is saying are two different things. Now, this is Speaker McCarthy. And if it's true what the IRS whistleblowers are saying, we will start impeachment inquiries on the Attorney General. That's from House Speaker McCarthy. Now, let me just sum this up for you. This is the point, the only one that you can get to. All these whistleblowers, I mean, these are people that have made sworn statements, sworn under oath about this wrongdoing by the attorney general. Now, what does that mean? This is really a big deal. You're going to hear Steve Baker today. He's going to give us the inside scoop on what price these whistleblowers set themselves up to potentially pay if they are caught telling lies in their testimony, sworn testimony. They're going to get fired. They'll lose their jobs from the FBI, which in many cases, just because they're whistleblowers, even though they're supposedly protected under the law, the leadership in the FBI and other places in the Department of Justice are destroying their lives. So these people, by coming forward, they're really sacrificing their lives by just telling the truth. If they are caught lying, they are going to go to jail. That's how serious this is. So who's telling the truth? Do you think it would be someone like Merrick Garland that he thinks he's untouchable? Why? He's a Democrat, first. Secondly, he's an appointee of Joe Biden, And everybody knows Joe Biden gets away with anything and everything. He's never held accountable. So why would one of his minions, and nobody can credibly claim that Attorney General Merrick Garland is not one of Joe Biden's minions, one of Joe Biden's yes men. Merrick Garland or Federal Prosecutor Weiss is lying about this one particular thing. Are we going to find out the answers? We may have to go through an impeachment process for that to happen. Wow. 
Steve Baker in here, our second hour. Let's move forward in our first hour. Another whistleblower. Hunter Biden whistleblower's legal team has released names of other alleged witnesses. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Here we go. In an October 7, 2022 meeting at the Delaware U.S. Attorney's Office, David Weiss, here he comes again, U.S. Attorney there, told six witnesses he didn't have the authority to charge in other districts and thus requested special counsel status. Those six witnesses include Baltimore FBI Special Agent in Charge Tom Sobaniski and Assistant Special Agent in Charge Raisha Holly, IRS Assistant Special Agent in Charge Gary Shapley, and Special Agent in Charge Daryl Walden, who also independently and contemporaneously corroborated Shapley's account in an email, now public as Exhibit 10, following page 148 of his testimony transcript. Listen, when we get to this stage in investigations, we're on page 148 of his his testimony transcript. There's stuff here, folks. There is meat on this bone. They're not any longer if they were before. They're not playing games. And somebody's going to go down. Shapley would have no insight into why Mr. Weiss would make these statements at that October 7, 2022 meeting if they were untrue. That Mr. Weiss, federal prosecutor Weiss, made these statements is easily corroborated. And it's up to him and the Justice Department to reconcile the evidence of that statement with contrary statements by Mr. Weiss and the Attorney General to Congress. This letter was signed by Mark D. Lytle with Nixon Peabody LLP and Jason Foster and Tristan Levitt with Empower Oversight. The letter came after the House Ways and Means Committee last week released transcripts of those IRS whistleblower interviews, which included those allegations from Shapley. Shapley told congressional investigators, if if you forgot about it, we got this from the transcript, from March 22 through October 7th of 22, I was under the impression that based on A.G. Garland's testimony before Congress and statements by U.S. Attorney Weiss and prosecutors that they were still deciding whether to charge 2014 and 2015 tax violations. However, I would be told later by United States Attorney Weiss that the D.C. U.S. Attorney would not allow U.S. Attorney Weiss to charge those years in his district. Now think about that. Think about that. The Attorney General said, oh, Weiss can charge anywhere in any district. But then the prosecutor or the federal attorney in D.C. where Weiss wanted to charge for these infractions said, nope, not in my district. So this resulted in U.S. Attorney Weiss to request a special counsel from Maine Department of Justice, the DOJ Maine office, to charge 
in the District of Columbia. I don't know if he asked before or after the Attorney General's April 26, 2022 statement, but Weiss said his request for that authority was denied and that he was told to follow the DOJ's process. So what does that process mean? It means no charge would ever be brought in the District of Columbia where the statute of limitations on those two charges would eventually expire. The years in question included foreign income from Burisma and a scheme to evade Hunter's income taxes through a partnership with, you know, a good old boy, a convicted felon, but no big deal, right? There were also potential FARA issues, F-A-R-A. That's the rule, the law that means if you're doing work in the United States or with the United States for a foreign government, you have to file a notice who you are and who you're working for with the Department of State. The purposeful exclusion of the 2014 and 2015 years sanitized the most substantive criminal conduct and concealed material facts. This just is this massive crossword puzzle that's got all these moving words and you've got to fit them in and the names of players and what they did and what they said and what they didn't do. And it's all being rolled out from the other side, the left. The way and the time it's being rolled out purposefully. And look what they've done. The statute of limitations has run off. So now Hunter Biden can't be charged for that massive IRS fraud. And when I say massive, I mean massive. You know the numbers. $17 million worth of income came into one of Hunter Biden's companies. Yeah, right. And from that, $8.2 million was ruled to be Hunter Biden's income, taxable income. On that, he was supposed to have paid a little over $2 million in federal income tax, and he didn't. But they can't prosecute him for him now because Merrick Garland, by twisting the potential place for any federal prosecutor to file criminal charges against Hunter, which he said any prosecutor can go anywhere. And Weiss went to D.C. where the infractions happened, and the federal attorney there said, nope, you're not filing charges against Hunter Biden in my district. You don't think that was all coordinated? House Speaker Kevin McCarthy tweeted after that letter that I just told you about was released that if Shapley's allegations are true, they would be a significant part of a larger impeachment inquiry into Garland. Here's what McCarthy tweeted. We need to get the facts. That includes reconciling those clear disparities. U.S. Attorney David Weiss must provide answers to the House Judiciary Committee if the whistleblower's allegations are true This will be a significant part of a larger impeachment inquiry into Merrick Garland's weaponization of the Department of Justice. A.G. Garland, Friday, as recently as Friday, he denied that Weiss, who was investigating Hunter, 
had ever asked for special counsel authority to investigate Hunter Biden. He was never told no. I'm saying he was given complete authority to make all decisions on his own, Garland said. I don't know how it would be possible for anybody to block him from bringing a prosecution given that he has this authority. He was never told no. I'm saying he was given complete authority to make all decisions on his own. This is Garland talking now. And he continued, the only person with authority to make somebody a special counsel or refuse to make someone a special counsel is the attorney general. Mr. Weiss never made that request to me. Never made that request to me. Now, what does that mean? That means somebody's lying. Now, who's lying about that? Who is lying about the request for the Department of Justice, Mayor Garland, to appoint a special counsel to take that case up? I agree. One of the two have got to go. If it's Weiss that lied, he needs to go. If Merrick Garland is the one who's lying, he needs to go. It's that simple. There needs to be nobody, nobody that has impunity in any of this stuff. Nobody does. Why should anybody get a free pass on anything? If you do something wrong, dadgummit, pay the price. Pay the price for the wrong that you committed. I don't care who you are. And that, my friends, (laughs) is the way it is today. And this is not getting any nicer, is it? It's just not happening. It's not getting any nicer. And honestly, I'm tired. I'm tired of people being nice. I think we as Americans need to have confidence that when our leaders do something wrong, they're not going to escape. They're going to have to answer for their wrongdoing, just like with you and me. I don't think anybody should be able to get away with anything. Now, Accountability is something that has got to be top to bottom 24-7 and apply to everybody. Everybody needs to be held accountable to some standard. If it's your employer, your employer, him or herself, they work for somebody unless they own the company. And even if they own the company, they need to be held accountable by people Uh, you know, that they work for. They have clients. They work for other people. That company's not just for them. It's for other people, clients, etc. Everybody needs to be held accountable to some measure, something they choose, something they say, some commitment they make. Everybody has got to be held accountable. Now, in our second hour, when Steve Baker joins us, we're going to be talking about a lot of things in corruption. But before we get there, before we get there, and we're just going to keep rolling here. I want to roll into Steve Baker joining us right at the top of the hour. Let's talk about Christopher Ray, FBI director. Now, you've got Merrick Garland, attorney general, who is the quote-unquote employer of Chris Ray. 
the director of the FBI. And so that means Chris Ray is accountable to Merrick Garland. But I don't see Merrick Garland allowing himself to be held accountable by his boss. And who is Merrick Garland's boss, his only boss? It's not Congress. It's the President of the United States. Joe Biden appointed Merrick Garland. Joe Biden can remove Merrick Garland from his position, his appointed position. Congress should not have to impeach Merrick Garland. Impeachment is a last resort, and that's the way it should always be used. But then there's Christopher Wray, and he too has been caught up in a host of lies. Steve is going to talk to us a little bit about that. But Senator Rand Paul, on Friday, he got into it with Chris Ray, And I want to listen along with you. Listen to this back and forth between the two. Thank you. Director Ray. when, when Orwell first wrote uh, 1984, people were concerned about that dystopian future, what it might mean. Big Brother invaded our privacy, our homes, our communications. But defenders of privacy took some consolation in the fact that the technology didn't exist for two-way TVs, and so much of it seems so futuristic. Now U.S. intelligence agencies have the ability to record and listen to every phone call in the world. We've sometimes collected phone calls from an entire country for an entire month at a time. We even have done it here at, in, at home in America. For years, the NSA collected millions of Americans' data without first in having an individualized warrant. James Clapper notoriously lied, as we all know, to Congress about this massive surveillance program. He's now paid to deliver highly partisan rhetoric on a left-wing news outlet. Many in the FBI have been accused of uh, bias. Some have been convicted. Some have been let go. McCabe, Klein Smith, Peter Strzok, Lisa Page. So it's kind of hard to argue that somehow we can get people in the FBI that are above bias. It's, it seems to be something that goes with the territory. Maybe it was a bad spate of time where we had a whole bunch of them all at once, but it's a problem. When we investigate a presidential campaign, I think it's important that we realize the potential for bias that exists in the people bringing an investigation forward, but also incredibly important that we should devolve or, or at least consider using the Constitution and not using uh, warrants that are used on foreigners. So we have two different uh, standards. We have a constitutional standard, which is typically used for Americans, where we use the Fourth Amendment. And the Fourth Amendment says you have to have probable cause you know, of a, of a crime. The, the FISA court uh, standard is not a Fourth Amendment. It's an extra-constitutional standard. It's less than the Constitution. It's probable cause of being uh, associated with a foreign government. The problem is, is that when we have presidential candidates, they're all going to have foreign policy advisors. Most of them will have long-standing history in either government of some sort. They'll have people who do talk to foreigners all of the time. So you can see how someone with bias, and I think that's what happened during the investigation that turned out to be untrue on the Russia collusion. So we had a massive investigation of a presidential campaign. And I don't think enough of us have stepped back to say, well, my goodness, should we be using FISA warrants for the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court? Should we be using that kind of warrant on an American, particularly an American running for office who has all of these contacts? Do you think it's appropriate that we use FISA court warrants to investigate presidential campaigns? 
what I do think is appropriate is that we use FISA warrants to investigate counterintelligence threats uh, to the United States as long as it's done in consistent with the minimization and querying procedures that are carefully approved. You don't by think the there FISA was any problem with this investigation with the crossfire hurricane? You think it was all completely appropriate? Nobody in the in the chain of command was biased, and it just occurred because they were curious. We just convicted. They just indicted one of the Clinton lawyers yesterday for lying to you guys. You guys took it hook, line, and sinker and said, oh, well, we'll just investigate a major presidential candidate. Of course there's a huge problem. And if you don't see that there's a problem and that we need more controls on this and that we need to somehow obey the Constitution, I would say the same for President Biden. I would say the same for a president of any party. What a crazy upturned world where there would be, you know, the bias is there. There's no way to get it. The reason we have checks and balances with the judiciary is so we can kind of get over the potential bias that occurs in the FBI or the CIA or anywhere else. If you don't have to go to a court and you go to a court that doesn't obey the Constitution that's held in secret, that's not justice. And it's going to be rife for abuse. You don't agree with that? There are, are parts of what you said that I'd like to weigh in on. So first, as to what happened in the so-called crossfire hurricane matter, uh, I would say to you today, and I have said publicly on a number of occasions, that uh, what that Inspector General report describes uh, by certain FBI personnel, I consider to be unacceptable and unrepresentative of the FBI that I see every day, uh, having joined in 2017, uh, and um, not something that I think can ever happen again. So I want to make sure that you and I are talking, well, not I, past I think, each other I, on that. I now, second, I've put in place over 40 corrective measures, everything the Inspector General has recommended, and then some, to make sure that what happened there does not happen again. I, I think that's admirable, and I appreciate that point of view. But, you know, when Hamilton wrote that uh, if men were angels, you know, we wouldn't need the Constitution, we still are relying on angels working at the FBI. We're relying on you saying we're going to get a better set of people, we're not going to have that bias anymore. I think that's admirable. That's what I would want in someone being the director. But what we need is something beyond that. And this is what our founding fathers did when they set up the Fourth Amendment, is we had a constitution and we had the Fourth Amendment, an incredibly important amendment, and then we had a judicial system. The FISA court doesn't obey the Fourth Amendment. It has a less than constitutional standard. It allows you to have warrants without obeying the Fourth Amendment. And people don't realize this. You use FISA warrants that do not obey the Fourth Amendment. You have a lower standard for going after foreigners. I'm actually okay with that. If you're not a U.S. citizen and you're investigating someone overseas and you're eavesdropping on them, I'm actually fine with the FISA standard. But I'm not fine with the FISA standard for Americans, particularly Americans who are running for office, particularly for the person running for the highest office who is interconnected with all kinds of countries and always will be. And once you get biased people, once there's not perfection, and we get biased people in the FBI, the problem is the system can be abused. I think the only fix... It's admirable to have some regulations and some checks and balances you put in place, but the only real fix would be we should obey the Constitution. I don't think Americans nor political candidates should be investigated using a foreign intelligence surveillance court. Uh, thank you, Senator, for your, your kind words about the corrective measures we've put in place. I would say to you that I believe the FISA court operates within the Constitution, so we might have a difference of opinion in how we characterize it. I would also say to you, uh, that uh, that here, as we sit here 20 years after 9-11, uh, and as somebody who was in FBI headquarters on the day of those attacks and saw the immediate aftermath, as we started to reverse engineer what went wrong on 9-11, uh, 
much has been discussed back in those years about the so-called wall that was built up between law enforcement and intelligence. And a lot of the reforms that have occurred, uh, thanks to this Congress, thanks to the courts, thanks to the executive branch, to make sure that there is not uh, a wall between the information sharing that has to occur has been part of what's kept American safe since then. So I would want, of course, to work with you on any ideas that you have, but also to make sure that we don't rebuild the wall that made us all less safe and cost 3,000 innocent lives on the day of those attacks. Thank I you. I appreciate your opinion on the FISA court having the same standard as the Constitution. They don't. The Fourth Amendment says you have to have probable cause that someone has committed a crime or is committing a crime. It's a much different standard. The FISA court standard is probable cause that you have a relationship with a foreign government. It's a much lower standard, much more open to abuse, and you don't have a public court a public court or judges which might protect the rights of an individual. If what happened in Crossfire Hurricane is allowed to stand and would allow the FBI to do this again, we can see a time when the intelligence agencies can completely take over our political process. It's a very dangerous thing, and I think most people got caught up in the partisanship of the time, whether they liked or disliked President Trump. And instead of really thinking about this, there still is a problem. To my mind, we need to reform the FISA system, and we should not use FISA warrants on Americans. It be, should be reserved because it's a lower constitutional standard, should be reserved for foreigners. Thank you, Senator. There you go, folks. Let me just say this. It is virtually un-American, and it certainly is unconstitutional for the government to have unfettered access to monitor any American for anything. The Fourth Amendment, it guarantees Americans. Remember those first 10 amendments? We bring it up all the time now because it's becoming a critical piece of the protection of our rights that this government is trampling. Every day is trampling. They have gotten to the point now, I don't know if it's just the FBI, if it includes the Department of Justice, the CIA, the DNI, all of those 15, 16 intelligence agencies, some of which we don't even know about. We know they're out there. We're told from time to time, oh, you know, you thought there were three. <laughs> no, we passed the 10 mark years ago. It is illegal for them without a warrant that expresses and proves probable cause to monitor you and I, our First Amendment right guaranteed, conversations on telephones, our emails, our text. You cannot do it in the federal government legally without a warrant. So what these sycophants in the intelligence departments, the FBI, the DOJ, what they did when 9-11 happened, as horrible as that was, they took advantage of it. They took advantage of the people that those 3,000 that were killed, not taking advantage of those 3,000, but using that, that debacle that happened that hopefully will never be replicated here in the United States. And they weaponized it against the American people. They created the FISA court. Now, the whole purpose for creating the FISA court was to give the intelligence agencies an unfettered right to monitor the communications online, telephone, whatever. 
communications between foreign bad actors and people in the United States. But to get the authority that they had to have, according to the Fourth Amendment, to get the authority to do that, they created the FISA court, which is a court that oversees such monitoring. The intelligence agencies have to bring proof, proof in an affidavit, sworn affidavit, an application to get FISA, freedom, liberty, to go monitor these people. They have to present proof that backs up the allegations they're making. We need to monitor these people. They're talking to bad actors in places like Syria, in Iraq, in Iran, and we think there may be a threat to the United States judge We need this ability to monitor these communications. That's the way it was supposed to be handled. But what happened? The hardcore leftists in our intelligence agencies, they had been looking for years for ways to monitor Americans almost like uh, one of those communist nations, like Red China, North Korea. They wanted to be able to weaponize the FISA process, not doing so legally, but taking it and just tweaking it a little bit and using it to monitor your and my communications without having authority to do so. And it happened, and as far as I know, it's still happening. They're weaponizing a government tool against the American people. Senator Rand Paul has been all over this for years. And what he said, what you just heard him say to Chris Ray in that, uh, in that congressional hearing is exactly the truth. We've got to stop this. Now, FISA has to be reapproved, I think, every four years. I think we need to shut it down. I think when the intelligence agencies need to monitor anybody overseas, they should have to one one request for a warrant at a time, go to the FISA court. If it's important enough for them to monitor, they need to go individually and present hardcore evidence. And it shouldn't be just a single judge. It should be a panel of at least three judges that look at the facts and make sure there are facts there that justify actually turning these people over and allowing them to monitor you and I, especially in the wake of what Merrick Garland himself did. He wrote a letter to the Attorney General and told Merrick Garland wrote a letter to the FBI in every office of the FBI, every field office, and told them to start monitoring parents going to school board meetings to make sure there were no parents that were actually weaponizing in any way against the members of school boards? That sounds a little bit like third world stuff to me. Does it you? Wow. When we think we've got our arms around it all, we find out, nope, it's still out there. and We can't quite fix it. Well, we're going to bring in Mr. Fix-It in just a few minutes. Steve Baker from Washington, D.C. He joins us right after this. I pass through the trees. 
I leave behind the mountains. I weave in the air. I fly over the birds. And I wish when I complete my journey, I leave behind a better world. Honda Civic Hybrid, India's first hybrid car with IV Tech engine, leave behind a better world. Hi, I'm Jet Williams. Even though I never knew my father, Hank Williams, his legacy taught me the meaning of lending a helping hand. That's why I support the Orphan Foundation of America. OFA is committed to providing education, mentoring, and a workplace readiness for thousands of teens aging out of the foster care system. With the help of OFA's support programs, these young people can go to college and trade school, graduate, and make the leap from foster care to success. To learn how you can help, visit Orphan.org. Des Moines Help Wanted.com salutes the employee of the month. The one employee you can't live without. The others, let's just call them Dave. Dave, we need to talk about your sick days. What seems to be the problem, Mr. Employee of the Month? Last week you were out all five days. I was sick. Thanks for checking in. You posted on social media that you were at a comedy club on Monday. Laughter is the best medicine. An outdoor barbecue on Tuesday. Feed a cold, starve a fever, or whichever one needs to be fed. That's the one I had. Okay, Wednesday you took a selfie. Hashtag faking sick. That was supposed to say freaking sick. Thursday you were at an amusement park. Somebody stole my phone. They stole your phone and uploaded photos of you at an amusement park. Yes, fake news. Friday, you tailgated in the employee parking lot. Friday's basically the weekend. Everyone knows that. If you don't mind hiring Dave's, go to the huge national job boards. That's probably what you'll get. But if you want more employees of the month, go where local job seekers find good local jobs. We don't discriminate against people named Dave. Dave is a common name, fun to say, and so we're using it as a catch-all for lackluster employees everywhere. Please don't write us to tell us you were insulted by this ad. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. Too much spin on your plate? How about a diet of truth? The Truth News Network sets your table. And here again to serve it up is Dan Newman. As is every Tuesday morning. Joining us this Tuesday morning, live from D.C. this time. We never know what zip code he's going to be speaking to us from. But he's back in, uh, in uh, I guess, Jerusalem of politics, Washington, D.C. <laughs> Good morning, Steve. Ooh. I don't. I didn't. I didn't expect you to go to Jerusalem with me today, but uh, I am. Yeah, I'm one block from the Capitol this morning, so that's where I'm at. We'll make sure at some point today you kneel and kiss the sidewalk somewhere. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Man, I got oh. you. I got. Just so folks know, Steve and I always compare notes before we do the show on Tuesday, and. Uh, I called him and he said, well, even before that, he texted me and said, what are we going to cover today? And my response was simply one word, everything. (laughs) (laughs) You're sitting in a city that is a ticking time bomb. You do know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Where do we more ways than one? Yeah, I know. It's every everything seems explosive. There's nothing that we can just talk about that's like, okay, here's what Congress is doing. Here are the bills they're considering. The president welcomed so and so in from some foreign country. We don't do that with this administration. We talk about what scandal are we going to cover first before we get into the really bad scandals today. It's like every day there's something new coming on in the world of Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, Hunter Biden, Christopher Ray from the FBI. You can go on and on and on. Everywhere we look, there's scandal in Washington, D.C. Let me ask you this. Have you ever yeah. seen anything like this in D.C.? Ever? 
to to this extent, no. And look, we you and I have been around long enough that we can we can go all the way back and look at the scandals. Uh, you know, it, it, if we we could start with Nixon. We could get we could even start before Nixon. But I've never seen anything like this. And when you compare. Watergate and Nixon to what's happening right now. I mean, the entire country needs to offer, you know, we need to, we need to go to his burial site and lay flowers of, uh, and ask forgiveness uh, for what this country put him through by way of comparison, what's going on here now. If our, I'm not, I'm not taking away from what Nixon did. I'm just saying by way of comparison, there is no, we can't we can't even grasp, Dan, the level of corruption that's taking place here right now. If you and our audience don't remember Richard Nixon, he wasn't impeached. He was threatened to be impeached and he resigned the offices of the presidency to keep from being impeached. And what was his wrongdoing? He had two guys break into the Watergate Hotel, which was the headquarters for the DNC, and they stole some stuff. And for that, he had to give up his presidency. Put that in the context of what just the stuff we know has happened in this administration. And it makes Nixon look like maybe an angel, if not higher in heaven, here in the United States. He did nothing compared to what we already know for sure happened. Not even throwing in the allegations against this administration. That's exactly it, Dan. And this... And, of course, it extends beyond the administration. And this is what's going to be very, very uh, difficult in the coming days, I think, for the DNC. Now, I'm about to get I'm about to get political on you here. And, you know, I don't like doing that. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I have a prognostication that's about to take place. I think this semi-awakening that we saw last week by the White House press corps when they were uh, grilling KJP, uh, Karine Jean-Pierre, the White House press secretary, about Hunter Biden and and the affiliations with the, the father and was he in the room at the time when this phone call took place? And then you've got the press asking the president right now, did you lie about your business uh, connections or did you lie when you said that you didn't know anything about Hunter's business dealings? And, of course, he, he lied again and said no. But the point being is, is now that they're asking them the quote-unquote hard questions – is that a sign that the press is waking up to this? Well, the answer to that is no. It's not a sign that they're waking up. They've been fully aware as long as you and I have been. They've been aware of the Biden family corruption for years. They've just suppressed it. They've held it. They've sat on it until the right time. And the right time is now because it's now time to move Uncle Joe out. And I'm not saying they're going to set him up for impeachment. I'm not saying that they're going to try and take him out before his term of office is over. But I think that they're going to they're going to ease in just enough doubt, corruption, um, uh, put, just put just enough into their own party's minds that maybe he shouldn't be running again so that they can move him out and move Gavin Newsom in because I think that that's where we're headed in 24. Even I think be- Newsom's going to be the top of the ticket. Even before Biden was inaugurated in January of 21, even before that happened, I predicted numerous times 
here's what's going to happen. At some point before the 2024 election, Nancy Pelosi then, well, she wouldn't be the one now, uh, Hakeem Jeffries would, and of course Chuck Schumer would, get a phone call from Jill, Dr. Jill, who mm-hmm. says, listen, guys, we got a problem in the White House. Joe's having a health issue come up, and it would be much better, his health-wise, if we step down. And I believe they're going to voluntarily resign very peacefully, very calmly, because all hell is about to break loose for the Biden family. I can bet that's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I don't I don't know what the means. I don't know if it's going to be just a, hey, Joe's Joe's ready to retire and spend his remaining years with his family or, or as you proffered there that it was going to be a health problem or if he's just going to get the call or, or Joe, Joe and company are going to get the call from uh, Schumer and company and say, all right, it's time now. And I think I think probably. This has been planned all along. Unfortunately, Joe doesn't know. The president has no clue. I think he thinks he's, I think he actually believes he's the president. Well, we also, (laughs) we also can, uh, we can remember back during the 2020 um, election and shortly thereafter, uh, they had created this faux Oval Office and it didn't even look like the Oval Office. And remember, he was doing right. all his official business. Yeah. And it was because of COVID and the lockdowns. He was doing it from down right. there. I'm pretty sure that was in the basement of the Delaware residence of the president. And so maybe Dr. Jill can just start taking him back down there every day <laughs> and put a television camera in front of him. And he'll think, hey, I'm still the president of the United States. It's almost as if that's the same president that we have now anyway, a paper tiger. I mean, there's no substance at all there. He has one thing that he is told to do again and again and again. Find ways to spend taxpayer dollars to benefit, benefit the Democrat Party members, especially those that have done favors for the Bidens, coming from wherever they are in Washington, D.C. Keep finding ways to spend money. We'll run cover for you on all this other stuff. And boy, he's doing a darn good job of that. He has done an excellent job of that, unfortunately. But you know what? There, there's some rumblings happening here in D.C. And I'll tell you what, I think it goes beyond even um, Joe Biden. I think it goes beyond the the Biden crime family. I think it goes beyond the Democratic National uh, Committee convention, whatever you want to call them. I think it goes beyond uh, even the GOP right now. There's there's something happening here. Uh, one of one of my primary uh, sources here works with a very large. I'll just call it a very large think tank here in D.C just told me yesterday that there's a there's been a huge and this is his words an overton shift in the last uh, couple of weeks where they're actually being being able to move the ball forward it's it's under under cover of night it's not seen by the public right now but that there's actually finally some good things happening from some of these guys that you and I have been very critical critical about over the last few weeks so I don't know if it's if they're 
if they're sensing blood in the water with the Biden situation, or if there's something else that they're seeing, but there has been a palpable shift, and that shift seems to be in the positive direction. So let's see. Okay, define what you mean by positive direction. Positive for who? Po- positive, we hope for the country because, <laughs> what, as, as you know, what's, what what has been taking place in this country for the last, well, I mean for for decades now, but particularly over the last couple of years, has has been a spiral out of control uh, descent into, you know, it seems seemingly uh, oblivion, certainly towards a, a socialist totalitarian nightmare that so many other countries have been put through uh, that we should be learning from, but that's the direction they seem to be uh, pushing us. But there have been, uh, there's been a lot of work behind the scenes. And I, you know, I, I, I take no credit for my small piece of it, but as you know, I have pushed, 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 pushed hard on some of these legislators. And apparently the messaging is working. People are getting through. And, and a lot of it has to do with this uh, new Twitterverse that we're, we're looking at right now. Elon's Twitterverse is making an impact on Capitol Hill. The fact that everybody is really engaged now because they're not afraid to speak. Now, when I say everybody, particularly from, we'll call it our side of the political aisle, are speaking out and they're tagging their, um, they're tagging their congressmen, their senators, they're tagging their staff members. And they're saying, we're not going to put up with this anymore. And you better listen. If you don't, we're going to primary you into oblivion, oblivion. And, and for some reason, it's it's beginning to show uh, fruit, and I I I give the credit to uh, this new this new thing that is happening on Twitter. People are actually making an impact there in their in their speech, and it is it is the they you know they call it the town square or the uh, this is where where debate is happening right now. If Facebook is Main Street where people engage with their friends and family, the Twitter is where People are going at it in the uh, in 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 the political realm, and that's what's happening today. And they are listening. We've all known how big, at least maybe just how big, social media is. I don't think we've ever realized how powerful social media is, especially when we look back down and see the the monstrous impact that Facebook had, Mark Zuckerberg yeah. had. In the election in yep. 2020, there are a lot of people, and I'm one of them, that believes the money that flowed into the specific places in those five key states to get those locals, I mean, people in the uh, in the counties, in the towns and cities that the Democrats needed to push them over the top to get those uh, electoral votes. I think Mark Zuckerberg and his wife and their not-for-profit spending over half a billion dollars to do that. Mm-hmm. I think it made a difference. And I think it scared everybody, including them, to death because it was so visible and it was so obvious to so many people that they realized, oh, my God, what we did with money impacted and changed, probably changed some votes and the results of the 2020 election. You're right about Twitter now. I mean, look at what Tucker Carlson is doing on his Tucker on Twitter 
offerings that oh. he's putting out now. He's having a field day, and nobody can come up against him there because nobody was prepared as he was to make that instant switch. I'm loving watching right. the war play out between him and Fox News. They, uh, they, they send these cease and desist, and I actually saw one page of his contract, and that gave him unfettered power to do his speaking as he desired on social media. And so they're trying to threaten him. I don't know what they're hoping to achieve because based on what I've been told by a couple of attorneys that have looked at that part of the contract, he cannot be held from doing exactly what he's doing on Tucker on Twitter because of the First Amendment. And look at Fox News trying to shut him up based on the First Amendment and a contract. So we're going to see the political world, I think, Steve, I think we're going to see big changes during the next year. And I think, honestly feel like, with all of the lights that have begun to be shined on the, uh, you, you can't even term it any other thing than criminal activity by a bunch of people, not just the Biden family syndicate, those people within there, but there are a lot of other people that are caught up in it. Uh, Merrick Garland is caught up in it. The mm -hmm. Attorney General, Christopher Ray, the FBI director is caught up in it. And not to mention Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. And we've got to always now, to be politically correct, say all of the investigations are not about Hunter Biden. We don't have the authority <laughs> to do that. They're about President Biden. And I think there's about to be a massive explosion in D.C. Hey, listen, I want to get into some specifics. I want to talk about this Attorney General Merrick Garland stuff that's come up and the exposure mm -hmm. there. And I also want to talk about and get your professional opinion of what you think and when you think the biggest of these explosions is going to happen. So I want to do that here in just a couple of minutes. Can we, can we do that? We can do that, Dan. We'll take a break. When we come back, Steve Baker joins us from his second home, Washington, D.C. That's just ahead. More at TNN Live. I weave in the air. I fly over the birds. And I wish when I complete my journey, I leave behind a better world. Honda Civic Hybrid, India's first hybrid car with IV Tech engine, leave behind a better world. Hi, I'm Jet Williams. Even though I never knew my father, Hank Williams, his legacy taught me the meaning of lending a helping hand. That's why I support the Orphan Foundation of America. OFA is committed to providing education, mentoring, and a workplace readiness for thousands of teens aging out of the foster care system. With the help of OFA's support programs, these young people can go to college and trade school, graduate, and make the leap from foster care to success. To learn how you can help, visit Orphan.org. 
DesMoinesHelpWanted.com salutes the employee of the month, the one employee you can't live without. The others, let's just call them Dave. Dave, we need to talk about your sick days. What seems to be the problem, Mr. Employee of the Month? Last week you were out all five days. I was sick. Thanks for checking in. You posted on social media that you were at a comedy club on Monday. Laughter is the best medicine. An outdoor barbecue on Tuesday. Feed a cold, starve a fever, or whichever one needs to be fed. That's the one I had. Okay, Wednesday you took a selfie, hashtag faking sick. That was supposed to say freaking sick. Thursday you were at an amusement park. Somebody stole my phone. They stole your phone and uploaded photos of you at an amusement park. Yes, fake news. Friday, you tailgated in the employee parking lot. Friday's basically the weekend. Everyone knows that. If you don't mind hiring Dave's, go to the huge national job boards. That's probably what you'll get. But if you want more employees of the month, go where local job seekers find good local jobs. We don't discriminate against people named Dave. Dave is a common name, fun to say, and so we're using it as a catch-all for lackluster employees everywhere. Please don't write us to tell us you were insulted by this ad. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. Too much spin on your plate? How about a diet of truth? The Truth News Network sets your table. And here again to serve it up is Dan Newman. He's in Washington, D.C. He's in the the snake pit of the world, not just the United States. And I'm not going to ask him what he's there for because I know it is regarding some things that later on, probably in the next 30, 45 days, he'll be telling us about. But what I do want to launch into, Steve, is your take on this Attorney General, Merrick Garland, and how all of a sudden he's being exposed as somebody that is definitely putting his finger on the justice scales, and it's not looking too good for the Attorney General. No, it's not, and and it shouldn't be because of, again, we were talking about corruption before the break, and the corruption permeates this entire administration. It certainly uh, probably is most uh, endemic in the Department of Justice. That Department of Justice has completely lost its way. First of all, let's just start with the title. It is the Department of Injustice now, and we're seeing that in so many different uh, ways. I mean, just just the corruption of spiking, prohibiting, not allowing the FBI to do its work or more accurately telling the FBI how to cover up its work is is, is something that's happening, not just with the Hunter Biden laptop story, not just with the uh, the Russia, Russia, Russia collusion ho- hoax with uh, with President Trump, but it permeates every single thing they're doing all the way down to all of the January 6th cases. And when I say all of them, I mean literally all of these things. Are you familiar with a term, Dan, called diesel therapy? Have you ever heard of that term before? I haven't. I have not. Diesel therapy is an actual torture technique used in the American prison system whereby if you just want to punish somebody because you just really don't like them, doesn't matter whether they were legitimately convicted, arrested, charged or not, but you just really don't like them or not, but you just really don't like them, what you do is is they call it diesel therapy, and it's based on the fact that they rouse these guys out of their prison cot at 3 o'clock in the morning and make them get on a bus, and then they drive them to a new place. Now, when they do that, they have to leave behind 
whatever relationships that they've made, because one of the critical factors in mental health, and we are talking about prisoners here, but one of the critical factors about mental health and that breaks these guys down is the fact that they're able to establish relationships when they get into their, their cell block. They're able to start collecting books and personal items. They now get, uh, they actually can acquire uh, like notebook tablets, like an iPad now for communication with family back home, that kind of thing. But when they roust them in the middle of the night, they will start moving them around. And then just as they start getting settled into a new community and a new cell block, a new prison, new state, then three o'clock in the morning, boom, they move them again. And it's called diesel therapy. Your, your listeners can look this up. Just, just Google it and you'll see it's actual, it's an actual torture technique that this department of justice is using particularly on the January six prisoners and it's real and it's happening and we're hearing about it every day. So this goes, so when we talk about Merrick Garland, this is, this, this is the mindset of what's happening in America right now. And it permeates all the way through the entire department of justice through the, the, the FBI down to the assistant U S attorneys all the way down to the prison systems and how they're treating people, both innocent and guilty. But nevertheless, we do have constitutional amendments against cruel and unusual punishment, but that is what is taking place in America today. So when we, when you utter Merrick Garland in my presence, I have, I have no, um, well, let's just say I have nothing good to say about it. I can't, I've never heard of this diesel punishment. Diesel therapy is diesel what it's therapy. Oh, we can't say yep. punishment. We have to say therapy. Right, right, right. That's to make it sound benign. That would be torture for me. I mean, I'm into family. I'm into friends. I think most of us are, at least have an inner circle that uh, we integrate with. And if you take yep. those away, oh my gosh, I can see your life is turned upside down every time they move you like that. Is it just That's for right. the is it just for the hardened criminals, or they they do that for the oh, no, no. white collar guys? This this is happening to people, particularly that they're punishing for their political views. This is why it's happening to these January six prisoners in such um, uh, great numbers right now. And we've been hearing about it for well for two years. We've been hearing one one particular uh, prisoner who I actually interviewed from jail who has been in jail now for two and a half years and still not gone to trial. He has been transferred when I spoke to him three or four months ago. He had been transferred at that point 16 times. Oh, my God. And there's no. And there's no cause for it. There's no rationale behind it. It, it. It's only an additional expense to taxpayers. It doesn't, it's not like they're freeing up room inside of a overcrowded prison to make room for somebody else. That's not what they're doing. This is specifically a punishment because these were the quote unquote insurrectionists. These were the MAGA guys. These were the guys who were going to overthrow the government on January 6th with some flagpoles and bear spray. And some of these guys did bad things. We talked, you and I have been very honest about this. These, not, not all of these prisoners are clean as a driven snow. And, and they have, they, some of them got carried away that day. Some of them actually arrived in DC that day with ill intent, but some of them are completely innocent victims of just being in the wrong place at the wrong time. And these guys are being punished above and beyond what is typically meted out to the average workaday, uh, you know, bank robber, so, so to speak. 
Well, let me put you on the spot about Merrick Garland. Uh, we talk a lot about the impeachment articles that have been f- filed in the House by several different lawmakers at this point. Now there's heightened desire on the part of numerous Republicans in both the House and the Senate to get rid of Merrick Garland because every day he seems to be exposed in the worst kind of corruption. Like yesterday, we had him on when Josh Hawley, Senator Josh Hawley and also Senator Tom Cotton, they just ripped into him and exposed him as not just being a bad uh, attorney general, but actually lying over and over again about things that have been done. And these whistleblowers in the FBI have come forward in mass now. There's at least three, but they are pointing fingers at the top floor of the J. Edgar Hoover building in D.C., that's the FBI, at Merrick Garland's minions and also Christopher Ray, FBI director, at his minions. Mm-hmm. And they're calling out ball-faced lies by the attorney general. Under oath in this hearing last week, he lied yes. point blank and was called out on the spot from Josh Hawley and also a little bit later in that same hearing by Tom Cotton. Now, how do you get rid of the number one law enforcement officer of the United States? He's appointed and confirmed by those same senators. How do they get mm-hmm. rid of him? What can they do? Well, I mean, obviously there is a, an impeachment process for virtually anybody in government, but the best way to get rid of him is to get rid of Biden. And unfortunately, <laughs> when I say get rid of Biden, uh, you're going to have to get rid of him from with somebody from uh, the other party. That's that's really the only effective way right now to get rid of uh, that character. Uh, let me tell you another story about Merrick Garland. Okay. And 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 it does fold back into January 6th, but it's it gives you a, a, a it gives you a clear insight into his mentality. There was an email sent out, and I'm only talking about it now because I. I uh, was made aware of this particular document in October of 2021. So, gosh, it's been well over a year and a half now since I was I was made aware of this. This particular email was sent out by Merrick Garland to all the U.S. attorneys around the country, all their offices. And this particular email said to the U.S. attorneys that they needed to make arrests. Now, this is the key part of what this email said. They need to make arrests as many as possible related to January 6th, whether or not you question the morality or the legality of their arrest. So even the directive from Merrick Garland was even if you question the legality or the morality of the arrest to make it anyway. Because they were making a political statement to ratchet up this number of arrests because they wanted to hit that 1,000 mark as soon as possible. Now, that particular document has never reached the American people. It's never been displayed in a committee hearing meeting in front of Merrick Garland yet because apparently that has been purged. But one of my sources inside of a Western DOJ office actually read that thing to me back in October of 2021. You shared that with me back then, and I keep asking every time it comes up, is there any possibility of the American public getting a gander at that document? 
Dan, if we can, it, it's dang, it's dangerous to the people that are coming forward as whistleblowers. Let's just be honest about it. Are we thankful that some of these men and women are willing to do so? And really, because when they when we say they're sacrificing for the country, they're literally risking all. Because not only are they losing their livelihoods, not only are they uh, subject to severe retribution from the federal government, from whatever agency that they're whistleblowing uh, upon, but the bottom line is, is that then the punishment round begins. And the process, as they say, is the punishment often enough. But then the retribution happens. Most of these whistleblowers that are coming forward are facing criminal threats from the own, their, their own agencies as a result of what they're doing. And um, even, though they, even though they file for whistleblower protection, there's a process in each agency in these federal uh, agencies for doing so. And even though every one of them meticulously go through the process to be sure that they've done it right, they're all being uh, punished in that process in many ways. I mean, they're having their, uh, their, of course, obviously they're losing their paychecks. Some of them are being um, subjected to, uh, as I said, criminal charges. And so they're having to pay out tremendous amount in legal fees to fight that. And of course, as we know, they're fighting the federal government, which has unlimited resources. And so it's it's a it's a burdensome process individually, but also then it trickles down to their, their family as well. You're saying that it reveals actually we already knew it. We just don't talk about it very often here. If you work in the federal government, in the Department of Justice, in any capacity, you're not just going to work there as your first or second or third job. You've created a career and you've worked your way up to be able to go to work, to be uh, qualified to work for the federal government, the Department of Justice. So when they come after you, even though you have become a legal whistleblower with the protections that say nobody can hold any retribution against you at the government, for coming forward as a whistleblower, even though you're supposed to have that credit, they know. Where the heck are you going to go and get another job? I mean, you obviously are working in the Department of Justice because you worked your way up to that. They, they, They threaten everybody, even if they don't do it physically. They threaten everybody with the knowledge that their careers, as they've known it, are toast. You're not going to get a good job in the private sector because they'll blackball you. And if the Department of Justice blackballs you and you're in law enforcement, you're finished. You're not going to be able to work ever again in that capacity. But, Dan, it's worse than that. What the, what the Department of Justice is doing, and it's particularly with these FBI whistleblowers, is they put them on what's called indefinite suspension so they're not relieving them of their job. Now, they take their badge, they take their gun, and they take their paycheck, but they put them on the status of indefinite suspension. And during that time, they are absolutely legally disallowed from seeking employment anywhere else. They can't be a garbage collector, much less be in law enforcement with some other agency, maybe working for a sheriff or a state trooper or uh they can't do anything. They cannot get a job during that time period by virtue of their contract with the FBI. So they are left in a permanent state of 
suspended animation with no income during this time. Some of these guys have gone without income for over a year uh, since they're that since they're uh, are they're, they've been put on that what they call indefinite suspension. And if they take the job, if they go get a job anyway, they will arrest them. That is untenable. You can't even think of that as a possibility, yet alone a probability yeah. that that's what's happening in our justice system, which is supposed to be and always has been the greatest on the planet when they just take away people's rights. Wow. That's why that's why uh, FBI whistleblower Kyle Serafin raised for these guys that, that just a couple of weeks ago that were in that committee uh, hearing with the, um, uh, the weaponization committee. They had the three... Uh, FBI whistleblowers there and just immediately following that hearing after they told their stories and they were telling the story of this indefinite suspension of stasis that they're put into without the ability to earn an income. Kyle launched a give and go program for them. And for the two that were, that were most impacted financially, he raised a quarter of a million dollars a piece for both of them. Wow. So, I mean, the American people stepped forward. And they can't stop the they can't stop the American people from giving these men a gift because they didn't go out and seek employment, so they didn't break the law. At least they can't stop them so far. Yeah. Wow. Steve Baker's with us on Tuesday. We uh, we've got two more segments we need to get into, and we're uh, we're being kind today because Steve's about to go into some official business in D.C. But we still have to talk about. Christopher Ray, FBI director, and don't forget about Hunter and Joe. Oh my gosh, we haven't even gotten to the meat of that stuff. Sit tight, back <laughs> in two minutes at TNN Live. When playing football, you run up to 120 pitches. You work out 650 muscles. You withstand three times your body weight. You treble your adrenaline production. You raise your heartbeat to 180 times per minute. And in the end, you lose up to three liters of sweat for one goal. This game is not a game. Gatorade works with no artificial colors or sweeteners. Starbucks Via Instant is made with the same 100% Arabica beans served at Starbucks. So it's the only instant with the rich, delicious taste of the Starbucks coffees you love and takes only seconds to make. Starbucks Via Instant, the only instant coffee of its kind. Available in black flavored lattes and iced coffee. Hi, Tom Bodet, quote, checking in on my smartphone. Everyone's checking in nowadays at airports, restaurants, appointments with certain medical specialists. Seriously, people, TMI. Anyway, thanks to the Motel 6 mobile app, you can book a clean, comfortable room at Motel 6 on your smartphone and get a great rate. Then when you get to Motel 6, you can check in after you check in. Your friends will be totes jealous. I'm Tom Bodet for Motel 6, and we'll leave the light on for you.
green-eyed lady, lovely lady Strolling slowly towards the sun Green-eyed lady, ocean lady Soothing every raging wave that comes with us every week, Steve Baker. Steve, first, I know you're on a tight schedule. Thanks for being here this morning. Uh, we need to talk about, real quickly, Christopher Ray, FBI director. I must say, mm-hmm. I have never seen an FBI director that is so outwardly, obviously more corrupt than Chris Ray, and he's being exposed every day. Yes. Well, remember, I think it was in our first segment here today, I talked about hearing from someone in a very large conservative think tank here in D.C. just yesterday morning telling me that there had been an Overton shift. And part of that shift is exactly what you're talking about. When these guys are so blatantly corrupt, this is this is a real issue. And it and we can talk we can we can put this under the microscope microscope uh, on several different topics, Dan. But the first thing we know is that these guys have had impunity about their lives for so many years now that they have come to believe they can get by with anything. And they have gotten by. They have gotten by literally with murder for years and years and years now because the party in control and their sycophant, compliant, mainstream media affiliates who are basically just the voice, the, the, the mouthpieces of the leftist party today, is has made their way so easy that they just don't have to tell the truth anymore. The problem is, is they have literally pushed too far, too hard, too often. They've gotten to the point where it's become such a natural thing for them that even people with their within their own party are starting to go, oh man, how, how, how much longer can we get by with this? Are we really pushing it to that level and still getting by with it? It's going, to, this, is, this is going to fall. This house of cards is going to collapse if this continues to happen. And, and Christopher Ray is a perfect example of that and his predecessor as well. But the bottom line is we can extrapolate that all the way down through the entire political ecosystem here to the point where just as a completely, I'm jumping off to another topic here for just a moment, but as an example, we are seeing a huge pushback from the LGBTQ plus, 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 whatever community against these uh, transgender displays, parades, the drag queen story hours in front of children, things of that nature. They are pushing back hard and saying, hold, just stop. You, This is too far. We just wanted to be left alone. We've been telling people for years that we were born this way and that it's not our fault. And just let 
you know, let us do what we do behind closed doors and we're not going to bother you with our otherwise, you know, um, uh, abnormal behaviors. But now that they've taken this thing and pushed it into the public square and, and, and literally jamming it down our faces and down children's faces and marching this weekend in New York City and saying, we're here, we're queer, we're coming for your children, chanting that out loud. There's a huge pushback. So we're not just seeing it there, but we're seeing it in Congress and we're seeing it uh, in these committee meetings. And I think we're, I think we're going to see uh, some of these guys held held accountable. I'm, I'm hoping that's that's the feeling that that we're getting here in D.C. right now. The lack there may be an actual break, breaking point. The lack of accountability is something I want to get into. I'm, but one thing before we get away from Chris Ray and then we need to to respect your time. There needs to be one change made in Congress committee hearing, and that is anytime anybody, especially in the Department of Justice at any level, when they testify about something that is an ongoing investigation, they can get away from answering questions, and they do every time one comes up that maybe might be a little uncomfortable to them by saying, I cannot respond or discuss any details of an ongoing investigation. There is no <laughs> criminal statute right, that prohibits right. that from happening. Right. That's something the DOJ made up on its own, and they made it up so that they could say that in any kind of uh, yeah. investigative questioning that they're sitting in front of. That's their get-out-of-jail-free card. We can't talk about it. That's got to be finished. Is there any legislation, any congressional reason that they are able to get away and stop talking about something or is it just something they pulled out of the air uh it i'm i'm not familiar with anything that allows them to get by with this the only thing that allows them to get by with their non-answers and the refusals to answer is the fact that they're not being hauled out of there with handcuffs on under contempt that's because that's what needs to be taking place and I don't, I don't even know what the, the, the process is there. I don't know what the trigger is there. But these guys who are continually stonewalling and refusing to answer, because this is, this is exactly what it is. And over and over and over again, you'll see Ted Cruz ask the same question five, six, eight times, and they won't answer the question. And then he says, okay. Then he finally says, I'll take that as a non-answer. Well, if they're not going to answer the questions, why are they there? A, they took an oath. They swore an oath to tell the truth before they spoke to the committee. And B, everyone knows that the reason for that oath is for you to tell the truth. And if you don't tell the truth, you're supposed to be held in contempt and you're supposed to go to jail for it. And until they start doing that, this is not going to stop. Well, something's got to change. The definition of his insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different <laughs> results. And we see that That's part exactly of the it. Department of Justice. We see that every day in these committee hearings. So let's segue right into the big gahuna of the day. And that's the Biden <laughs> family syndicate. Can you imagine anything else that would come out and expose the president members of his family, and it looks like it's going to be far-reaching, and other people that some are in office in some capacities today, but many are undercover, but they're involved in the process, and it looks every day like more and more of those people are going to be exposed. 
What's going to happen? Is there going to be one massive explosion? Are they going to start picking off these people, the low-lying fruit, like uh, those that we know that are involved in the governing process that now don't even have an official title, but they're implicit, implicitly involved up to their eyeballs with it? Do you think there's ever going to be any accountability? No, I, I think, Dan, uh, look, as long as the Democratic Party controls the vast majority of government, they control, uh, obviously, the, the Department of Justice, they control the, the executive branch, they control half of Congress, uh, e- even though they don't technically control the Supreme Court, they overwhelmingly have permeated uh, the justice system throughout the country at all the district court levels with leftist activist judges. They, they control most of what's happening in this country right now. As long as they have that level of control, I don't think that they're going to receive the punishment that they deserve. But I think what's going to happen is that they are in enough of a, of of a situational awareness and enough internal behind the closed doors panic that they are going to start shuffling uh, the chairs now on the, the deck of the Titanic. They're going to start moving those things around and they're going to, they're going to try and, and do a, a different type of cover up, which is, I, we mentioned kind of in our first segment today is with, with Joe Biden himself, they're eventually just going to move him out and, or they're either going to move him out or they're just going to basically say that he's not going to engage in the campaign and he's not going to continue running for the 2024 election. But that, that strategy is probably going to be used at several other levels. If we're talking about Garland, if we're talking about Christopher Ray on down the, uh, the food chain, I think they're going to start quietly moving people that have been so blatantly controversial, so blatantly corrupt and just shuffling the chairs. Not that they're going to replace them with anybody of any better integrity in the process, we know that's probably not going to happen, but they're going to start moving them out to avoid the big show trials, to avoid the impeachments, to avoid to avoid the embarrassments, uh, and 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 I think that they have to start doing that like right now. And I think that that's what some of the people here in D.C. that I'm talking about are feeling right now. That this is the shift is actually taking place. I don't know if you heard this very quietly. I believe it happened on Friday. A lawmaker in the House. And I don't even have his name on top, top of my head. I can't think of it. I think he's from Texas. But on Friday, he filed articles, a bill with articles of impeachment, not just against Joe Biden, but also one separate one against Vice President Kamala Harris. And I started thinking about that, and I thought, wow, that would solve the problem that many Republicans gripe about and they explain that's their reason why they won't file articles of impeachment or follow through with any of those that have already been filed. Because <laughs> if you get rid of Joe, you have Kamala right. Harris stepping into the presidential position. But if they could get yeah. Joe and Kamala with impeachment articles, even if they don't go all the way through, who would then be president? It would be the <laughs> Speaker of the House. Kevin McCarthy, Republican from California. I think that would fix a lot, but I was asked by a couple of people uh, call in on the show when I talked about this. I think it was yesterday. It may have been on Friday. But anyway, uh, asked if it it was really a possibility. And I said, yeah, about like 
my running a 10-flat 100-yard dash. <laughs> There's no way that's going to happen. So in the Joe Biden-Hunter Biden saga, is there any good ending for that story? Or are we just all the way through the 2024 election? Are we just going to stay in the atmosphere we're in right now where lots of noise, but nothing gets done? Prediction, that's all I can make. I, I feel like that those of us who would like to see a pound of flesh exacted from this Biden uh, crime family syndicate, I think that we're not going to... I think we're not going to see that. I don't think that the government is ever going to go after them in the manner in which they have gone after Trump simply because a they're I think that I think that the respect of the process on the GOP side is going to be such that whatever ends up happening with Biden, whatever, whatever is finally revealed, if, if it's, if it's, absolutely irrefutable lock stock and barrel they have him dead to rights on every single corruption issue that we believe that we are that we are currently seeing to be true i don't think that they will follow that through because they respect the presidency and the office enough as well as the age of the man just to get him off of the world stage and let him go away and then let's move on uh, obviously the left doesn't operate that way and that's why we are seeing the um, level of um, prosecutorial, prosecutorial um, uh, hypocrisy really that's taking place from this Justice Department towards former President Trump. It's just it, it's, it's just two different entities, two different mindsets. Uh, and I don't think that um, I, th I just don't think that we're going to be satisfied in seeing um, the Biden family perp walked anytime soon. So in that scenario, as we finish this up, and thank you for joining us today, by the way, uh, as we do that, do you think we're going to see any kind of impeachment or are we just going to have a run up to the election and somebody beats Joe? I maybe even before the election and somebody beats him to the nomination for the Democrat candidate to run for president in 2024. Give us a quick prediction before we go. I, I think that behind closed doors, they are going to cut a deal with Joe that says, to, in order for you to avoid impeachment, and of course, when I say you, I'm not speaking to him. <laughs> they're speaking to either Dr. Jill or they're speaking to whoever the puppet master is. But the bottom line is, in order for you to avoid criminal charges, impeachment, such and such and such, is that you're going to have to just announce that you're not running for election and that there will be a deal cut in that way and that all of this is going to happen behind closed doors. We're going to get to see very little of it. We'll get to hear the punditry, you know, wail on and on and on about it. But I, I am, I've been convinced for a long, long time that he was never going to uh, proceed all the way through to the 24 election. I think that they have their anointed one. They have their new fair haired child in the, in the form of Gavin Newsom. And he is their, uh, no other way to put it. He is their white version of Obama. He's well-spoken, he's slick, and he's ready to take the, the stage and to lead that party from uh, from this point forward. Uh, you know what, buddy? I didn't know you were racist till you just made that comment. <laughs> Governor I Gavin am, uh, Newsom, uh, the white version of President Obama. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'll get hate <laughs> notes over that. <laughs> 
<laughs> sorry. No, you're not sorry. Don't say you are. I'm not sorry you said it either. It's it's the truth, and I believe it it's too. It's the truth. Steve Baker, yeah. thank you so much for being here with us every week. And I know you're up there for some very serious business. If anything breaks on that front, feel free to call us back any morning this week or even any time and uh, let us know what's going on. Thank you for keeping us posted. Will do. Thanks, Dan, for having me today. You know, I think we're blessed that we have Steve Baker that joins us for all of these uh, Tuesdays because he has eyes and ears that you and I don't have. I mean, he's up there. He's immersed in this voluntarily, but that's what he does, and he is committed, and I can relate to that. I really can't. And the reason I can is because I know what it takes to get information like he's getting. Doing what we do here, it's not easy. But you know what? Somebody's got to do the heavy lifting because we've got to take back this nation. And there are those out there, no doubt about it. They want to keep trucking right along. They want us to head further to the left than you and I can even imagine we could go as a nation. That, my friends, is something none of us want to do. It's going to impact all of us, but more importantly, generations of Americans to come who have no idea, even those that are begging for all of these leftist policies, they have no idea what could happen to the U.S. Just because you think something's right doesn't mean it's right. Just because you think something's wrong doesn't mean it's wrong. But always get the truth about right and wrong here at TNN, the Truth News Network. Does it matter to you that all our chefs are well-trained? Or that our kitchens are both SLSI and GMP certified? That we freshly bake goodies throughout the day? Well, it matters to us to know that your family will enjoy every bite. At Kiehl's, we're fresh because of what we do. But more than that, we're fresh because of you. It's Super Salmon Days down at Fish Brothers. For a limited time, bring in any fish and get a child salmon entree free. You heard right. Bring in any fish and get a free child salmon entree. And I mean any fish. Got a swordfish lying around? Bring it in. Got a goldfish you're sick of feeding? Bring it in. Got a fish that's been sitting in the sun for a few days? Bring it in. We'll throw it in with the rest of them. What we do with the fish is nobody's business but ours. Just enjoy your salmon $8.99 with our famous stew. So, welcome on into Fish Brothers Seafood-themed restaurant, where everything's a great catch. Except the shrimp. Can you imagine for one minute having shrimp and trying to eat shrimp that's been on, on the table for 30 or 40 minutes or even in the back room? Oh, my gosh. That is plain nauseating. Hey, listen, folks, I want to say very, very, very loudly and very earnestly and honest, thank you for being here today. Thank you for being part of the TNN Live family. And you're special. We treat you that way because we honestly believe it. And if it wasn't for you, there would be no Truth News Network or no TNN Live. So thank you so much. And in the chaos and stuff we talked about today, I want to leave you with something that is a little 
more positive. So enjoy this, and we'll see you tomorrow at 9. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. you mm-hmm.